Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. I am trying a new uh, location in my house to record from. So you can probably just see the top of my head because at the same time, I just realized that my phone battery is almost out. So I am on the flat charger. Wow. I mean, I'm, there's a lot of reasons why I'm happy that we're not visually, you know, able to see each other and only able to hear. And I, I think our audience would be very thankful that they could not see you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I thought you were somewhere in some cave because we know that you don't want to turn your AC on in the summertime when it's 102 degrees. So oh what my is your, God. what's your thermostat sat at your, your thermostat set at? You know what? Um, normally it's set at um, 87. Oh, <laughs> I'm sweating thinking about it. <laughs> 87. I figure I can last about 87, 88. Like, like oh. if I, I know it's going to kick on at that time, then it's just like an endurance thing of me against mother nature. I'm just, I'm holding oh out. <laughs> 87. Oh, if I'm somewhere vacationing and it's 87 degrees outside, that AC is at 60 something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It is, it is so hot. It's so hot. I have mine set at 75 because, and when Mojito was here and alive and kicking, I had it set at 69. And there's times at 75 where I still feel a little chilly. So, I mean, I, I can't complain because you know what? I have, I have AC. So some people in the Bay Area normally doesn't get that hot. Unfortunately, they're getting blasted with a lot of heat. And most of those older homes do not have AC. Yeah. That's very true. And um, wait a minute. So you said it at 69? Um, no, I know there's too many jokes there for you, but no, it is now. <laughs> it's now set at 75. <laughs> you know what? I, I was in, um, okay, we recorded this on Thursday, the 23rd. And I was in San Francisco on Tuesday, the 21st with my daughter Leah and her best friend Zoe. And it was 96 degrees in the city. Oh, 96? 96 in the city. Oh, it was so Lordy. hot, right? It's, it, it, you, know, you know, it's never that hot in the city ever. No. And we were, 
paddling around town. We were in Haight Asbury, you know. It was sort of fun to be there with a couple of teenagers because they were all wide-eyed about all the the hippie stuff, you know, and all, the, all this kind of stuff. And then we ended up down at Christie Field on the on um on the wharf. And we were just sitting on the grass and they were wading in the, the water and everything. And it was blazing hot. It felt like Sacramento. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I can't. Brutal. It's it's crazy. I mean, when I go to work out, my trainer keeps the gym super nice because he closes a garage and has a big circulating fan. And then if I go to Orange Theory, they have fans blasting and it's, you know, chilly inside. But man, when you come outside, it's like getting hit with a blow dryer. It's brutal, huh? It's brutal. And it yeah. doesn't seem to be getting any better as we go into the next couple of weeks. So, I mean, nope. let's just add the temperature on which I'm happy. I'll take this over humidity any day. Hands down, I will take California weather till the day I die. Mm -hmm. I think what it does is it keeps, you know, the little shit the little shitheads inside because it's too hot. So I'm not annoyed um by neighbors. But um it just seems to be a theme of bullshittery happening. Um in regards to just the environment and the world. I know you and I were having a conversation earlier today and I was yeah. talking about, mm -hmm. I, I don't even know. I can't even remember what triggered it. Oh, it was, it was actually the polio virus that was found in London um, oh in God. the sewage. Cause we know polio is transmitted. It's a gut disease and it's transmitted via, via like feces. So they found in this was in the New York Times. They found in London the polio virus. So it okay. had to originate from somebody. Um, so that's just stemmed conversation around all the other fuckery happening. Uh, and maybe you can allow, you can explain to the audience the four things that you shared with me that we will see and maybe get everybody else pissed off as well. Oh, man, it's been... Um... It's been a week, right? Like there's so much. So the big news, we discussed this last week. The big, the big news, or a one of the big news items, I should say, is the congressional hearings are ongoing. And today, Thursday, was um, as I'm calling it, season one, episode five. And uh, but there was one earlier, there was one on Tuesday as well. So just a very quick recap. So uh the Congressional hearing is investigating the um, the attempts by Donald Trump and his administration and congressional and Congress people to overthrow um, the overturn the 2020 election. And so the the congressional committee think of it like a um, grand jury. So they don't prosecute or anything like that. They investigate and look at all the evidence, and then they then um, can refer the evidence um, to the Justice Department, which is like their grand jury giving it to the district attorney. So it's very similar. So, but the congressional hearings is a lot more strict and they follow a very strict protocol. So anyway, on Tuesday, which was episode four, they interviewed, they were, they're going very methodically. So Tuesdays was focused on election workers in key states who were getting pressured from Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani um, and a few other people in the Trump administration to invalidate um, votes or to, or as he said in his own words to the Georgia official, find me 11,000 more votes. I know uh -huh. they're there, right? And, and you're a Republican, we're both Republicans, you can do this. And 
the offers of um, praise and popularity should they do it. And then how they then, he pivoted from that to uh, targeting specific election workers, uh, one of whom happened to be this black lady, Shea Moss is her name, and she's been an electric work, uh, an election worker in uh, Cobb County in uh, Georgia for 10 years. And she talked about how she loves to do it. And she meets people and they look for it and all this kind of stuff and how her grandmother had taught her to, you know, the value of the vote and all these kind of things and how Rudy Giuliani and Trump singled her out on a video because there's you know, news videos of the, the ballots being transferred from, you know, one place to the next. And they said that she was um, a criminal. She was a vote hustler. They Donald Trump named her. He said her name in one of his speeches and phone calls, uh, her first and last name, and put a target and put a target on her back. And Rudy Giuliani said that she was passing around uh, USB USB things like they were full of crack, like they were full of heroin and cocaine. Oh my God! Right? Can you believe this shit? And so and so and she was giving her testimony. And it was riveting because she was so emotional and her mother was sitting behind her. Her mother, Ruby, uh, her name is Ruby. She goes by Lady Ruby. And she talked about how after they targeted her like that, how they started getting threats. So she got threats um, at her home. Her mother got threats as she was out grocery shopping. And even her grandmother who's in her. I think she wouldn't she didn't want to say her age out of respect for her grandmother, but over 70, let's say, and how they went to her house. You know, uh, 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 um, let's call it what it was. It was a mob of white people telling her to come out that they wanted to make a citizen's arrest. Are you fucking kidding me? And let me tell you something for any of our audience who, who don't understand the coded language there. When white people are in a mob and they say to black people, they're going to make a citizen's arrest, they're going to lynch you. Oh, that's what they God. mean. Oh and, 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 and just in case there's any doubt, that's what they meant. They yelled to that lady, you better be glad it's it's not 1920 instead of 2020. What? Now imagine, imagine you are just an election worker. We've all seen it. We've all gone to vote. People just nice, usually nice middle-aged to elderly people sitting there verifying your name and address or whatever they, you know, they say hi, they give you your little sticker. Imagine that's your job. And that was that lady's job. Imagine doing it for 10 years. And now Donald Trump names you. He names you. And that lady said, do you know what it's like to be targeted by the president of the United States? I can't and even imagine. Right? By name, by first and last name. And then all his rabid followers, right? All those racists. You got to call a thing a thing. Racists start targeting those three generations of women. And that lady said she, she has all these shirts with her name on it because she is a small business owner. And she has all these you know, um, lady such and such treasures. And she has all these shirts with her name on it. And she doesn't wear her shirt. She doesn't identify herself because it, and, and because of the people targeting her. And she they even stopped her from going to work for two months because she was she was a target. What? Yeah. Now, just the you know, and they called the FBI. You know what the FBI said? What? Be careful. Be careful. Oh, my God. Now, when that guy, we talked about this on the podcast, when that guy went from, drove from California to Maryland to judge uh, Supreme Court Justice um, Brett Kavanaugh's uh, house. Yeah. The next day, Congress 
was going, or the Senate was going bonkers about passing an immediate law to extend pr more protection for Supreme Court justices. And it passed. And the, it passed? And these, it passed. Oh, yeah. These women, these women for a year and a half have been under attack. And all the FBI would say to them was, be careful. <sighs> Woo. Okay, so that was Tuesday. And <sighs> I can tell you, I don't think, I, not that I don't think, I cannot express the amount of anger and hurt and anger that Black people have watching and listening to that, right? Just uh, you, you, in 2020, and now it's 22, but you, you're not talking, like my grandparents, when they went to register to vote in Beaumont, Texas for the first time back in the 50s or 60s, they had to pass by all, a white man with rifles to get into the polling place to go register to vote and then to vote. Like, and that was in the 50s and 60s. Now, you just go for 50 years and these women are being targeted by the, the kids and grandkids of those people that did that to my grandparents. Wow. That is, it's unbelievable. Okay, so that was Tuesday. Then today, I want to wrap this up. They focused on Donald Trump's attempts to get the Justice Department, which is a whole separate wing of government, to install his own people at the Justice Department so that they can then say they have investigated and they found fraud and they're going to overturn the election. And he was threatening people. He was he was um, he was um, threatening people. And then he was trying to convince them to just just go out and say it. And then he and his fellow Republicans that were going with him would figure out how to make it happen. Unbelievable. And and then once once the whole thing started collapsing, that all his little minions, the little followers, they all start asking him for pardons before he left office. Because when you know you committed a crime, right, you ask for a pardon, and they all wanted pardons. Some got him, but some, but some did not. So anyway, it's been it's been just incredible. And now because they got more, they got more video that they that didn't they didn't know was out there because dumbass Donald Trump had a group doing because he thought he was going to like do this whole thing. There was a group doing a documentary on him and they were filming all this stuff. What? Yes, they were filming him, his family, and they have all this footage unedited and they didn't give the Trump family and Trump himself any rights to, you know, say they didn't want to do something or editing or anything. They have all this footage and they just turned it over to the investigation committee. And so now they've added more hearings. So it's, it is, it's historical and it's historic what's happening, but it's historic on both sides that it actually happened. And then now the deep part of investigating it and bringing it to light. And, and they're saying unequivocally that people don't know how close we came to just losing, you know, what we think of as democracy. And like I said last week, there most of the people testifying are from his cabinet or other fellow Republicans who um, got subpoenaed and decided, you know what, they need to come clean. So it's yeah. Anyway, yeah. Wow, it's, they're it's they're CYA, and that's for sure. That is incredible. I mean. You also had a point last week. I know we don't like to always visit last week, but you you said something that has stood out for me all this week, and that is no one's coming to bail out America. It's it's similar to when we watch Handmaid's Tale. You know, I, you know, we, it, we feel I feel like it's so much more like Gilead that 
no one was coming to bail America out when it changed to that format. So when Handmaid's Tale came, there were no countries swooping in, trying to save, like people tried to flee to go to Canada in, in Handmaid's yeah. Tale. But ultimately, like your point of no one's coming to save America just has sit in such a place of my, of my soul that it's hard for me to, it's, I can't erase that statement from you. And I, it's interesting. Huh? It's, yeah, it's powerful. It's super powerful. Cause I never even for a moment, you know, thought about that. I just didn't think we would ever need help. Right. Right. Yeah. I or actually, that's a powerful statement right there that we never thought we would need help and not from like disease or natural disaster or some foreign country attacking us or something, but from ourselves, it's ourselves. It's, there's no one. There's nobody else. It's just our fellow Americans. And so, and I, and I think it's two prongs. That one prong is the Republican Party. And I want to be very careful how I say this because you know we have this big old thing in America with not all. Okay, not all. Like not all. Not all white people are racist. Not all black people are thugs. Okay, so let's just establish. I don't mean all. So let's just establish that now. The Republican Party that you and I grew up with is not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. And But the American psyche in general has not caught up to that fact. So, so people who are good people in the rest of their lives are still electing Republicans, and they, and they really should not. Now, think of this. One of the Arizona election commissioner guy, he, was, he testified on Tuesday. Older white guy lifelong Republican. He's that kind of Republican. He believes, and he stated it, that the Constitution comes from God, and it's is blessed, and he does, he loves his country, and he started crying. He's that kind of person, right, yeah. that talks all that stuff and starts crying, and he talked about all the pressure Donald Trump put on him to try to, try to um, turn Arizona from Biden to Trump, and it went on and on and on, and finally, he, when the guy just said he, they could not do it and they would not do it. He wouldn't break his oath of office and he got choked up and he's an old, he's an older white man. If you listen to this guy, Jen, cause I did, you watch him and listen, you listen to him and go, this is a man of integrity that I don't have to agree with him politically to know that what he's saying, he, he felt that in his heart and he teared up. He was emotional and it was really, it was powerful testimony. And he, his final statement was, uh, and they, his final statement was, I wanted Donald Trump to win, but I would not go against my oath of office to, to, to create that outcome. And he talked about his kids, his grandkids, and he got wow. terrified. And it was a real American moment. Like it really was, right? Because we understand these things. The next day in the interview, they asked him, would you still vote for Donald Trump? You see, if he runs again, I'll vote for him again. What the fuck? I mean, th think about that. He he admitted in front of the nation and in, in, in Congress that Donald Trump tried to cheat, that he was trying to break the law. He put all his pressure. That man's family got his family got threats. All that, all that crying and Constitution and all that heartfelt stuff. He said, "I would vote for him again if he ran again." That's delusion. That that's almost cultish. That's cultish. Yeah. Yes. So then, yeah. So then my, my, my broader point is, you know what? Those are not the Republicans of our of our of our parents and our grandparents. Like it, it, it's not. And it doesn't mean that that the people are any better or worse, whether they're Democrats or independents or fucking Green Party, whatever the hell that is. But it just means that whether or not they're all racist doesn't matter because they're voting with people who are racist. Yeah. 
they decided that racism racism is not um um uh, a, a line in the sand that they don't care it's fine they're okay with it they'll let it go and i am saying that if you're okay with it how much better are you than them yeah that's like you know where i i, I think when we had when trump was coming you know, when he was running. And I think a lot of us in general just thought there's no way he could win. You know, I mean, how can he win? And then when he did, I mean, it was just anarchy. Like, how could this happen? And what that allowed when we talk about politics, because, you know, when Trump came into office, we were no longer debating whether Obamacare was the right avenue to go or whether we should put, you know, restrictions on oil companies or, you know, what bill should pass or should there be gun laws? Like it wasn't those types of political debates. It was literally racist based. And back in, you know, there was a lot of uh, during um, Reagan years. I mean, you could have a conversation with somebody politically based, but no one ever brought racism into it. Right. It, 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 it was a different, it was a different thing. And look, look, um, I, you know, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people don't know, but it is a fact that when Richard Nixon ran in 68 and 72, I believe it was, Richard Nixon, um, Black people were still about 34% of the Republican Party votes. Well, I, let me state it another way. About 34% of Black people voted for Richard Nixon because um, Black people were pretty evenly divided between Democrats and Republicans because quite honestly, through you know 1900 to, to 1965, the Voting Rights Act, Act, it didn't really matter who was president to Black people because they all fucked over Black people. It didn't matter, right? So you just sort of picked the lesser of two evils. And it was pretty evenly this, it was pretty evenly split. But there's something very definitive happened in 1965. And that was after Kennedy was assassinated, President Lyndon Johnson from Texas, who was a who was a, a flaming racist, if, if there ever was one. But because of what the country was going through at that time with uh Kennedy and then Dr. King and all this stuff happening around the country, he was the president who was in office. He was a Democrat. He was a president in office who got the Voting Rights Act of 1965 passed. And once that passed, Jen, since 1965, white people have not voted as a majority for Democrats ever since. I did not know that. Ever since. So Republicans employed what's called the Southern Strategy. And it's it, it studied in uh, political science and, and so forth. And the Southern Strategy was... Um, and they and the man who created I, I can't think of his name right now. He eventually apologized for it when he died. But I was like, "Fuck you, go to hell." So, the Southern strategy was: you tell Southern white people that that no matter how low you are, how poor you are, no matter what's awful about your life, you're better than black people. Wow. That's the and so you cannot vote like them. Right. They other this. You can't be like them because all this stuff that you, we are now familiar with hearing, they'll take your jobs. They'll take your women. They're going to be in your schools. You know, all this stuff. And ever since that, the only demographic in America that majority votes for Republican are white people. That's it. Wow. Not Asian, not Latino, Hispanic, not black folk, not Pacific Island. Nobody. Only white people. And. White men at a majority, about 76% of white men vote Republican and about 53% of white women vote Republican. Every other demographic votes majority 
um, Democrats. So when you, you think about all the issues we have in our country, all the stratification, housing, jobs, wages, no matter what you look at, it's, it's a very clear divide. White people think one way, everybody else thinks another way. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't, right. I, you know what? I never even like put that together. I never even right. thought of that. It's crazy. And, and the Southern strategy was you make them. Wow. And ever since then, they never, vote. so it doesn't make all those people bad. Cause like you're saying, you can have uh, very legitimate differences and political opinions. Like maybe you don't want to spend more on environmentalism and maybe you want to spend more on military. Maybe you want more on, you want more of your taxes to go to, um, uh, teachers. Yeah. Education. Yeah. Yeah. Education or more to, um, job training or more tax cuts for businesses. Those are all legitimate debates people can have like that. That's Okay. But when you get to, well, I don't believe you should be able to vote, right? That's, you should have a say so. That's the dividing line right there. Yep. And you, you, you had said something to me today, too, that it took 70 years in the making, but the Supreme Court is heavy Republican, conservative. Yes. Yes, it is. It is basically, so there's nine justices on the Supreme Court, and there are six who are Republican. And think about this. That so six are Republican, three are um, Democrat, but of the six Republicans, Donald Trump appointed three of them. Oh my God. Now, oh my God. I, 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 look, Jan, I think we can say, I think it was, I, I think I, I can say this with 100% confidence that I don't, I don't think I've been smarter than any president, not even George Bush. Like he was known as being a dumb person. But I would go, you know what? I don't think I was smarter than any president. I am 100% certain I'm smarter than Donald Trump. Me too. And you know, I struggle with that sometimes. Yes, for sure. I mean, he can't even articulate a conversation. Yes. And he put three justices on the Supreme Court, including the last one who was rated unqualified and who had never tried a case in court. That's the Amy Comey Barrett lady. And then the other guy, Brett Kavanaugh, before him, you know, I'm not going to say the guy is a rapist. But he's got some 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 sexual abuse, let's say that problems. And but you know what? We handed Donald Trump the reins and he put three people on the court. So so the court just just between yesterday and today, they've invalidated the Miranda rights. So police or law enforcement no longer have to read you your Miranda rights upon the arrest. And if they don't, this is the ruling, you don't have any right to sue them. Right. So, so something that's so something that's been a staple of American democracy that we exported around the world, right? Gone. So they got rid of that. They got rid of um uh there was something else that they got rid of that was really big, but also the gun laws in New York. Yeah, they they struck down um New York's gun law that had been in place, I think a hundred years, that basically when you buy a gun, you have to have a compelling reason. Like, why do you want this gun, right? So they struck that down, which really then will slide over to some of the California laws that, that we have, some very strict California laws that's so going to invalidate those. And then tomorrow it is expected um, that they will, because they, they have a, they're releasing all their decisions from this last session um, tomorrow and I think some next week. But anyway, tomorrow's is supposed to be about abortion. They're going to, and it's it's already been leaking. They are making abortion illegal. Across the country. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, we just take stock. Easier to get guns, 
right? Harder to, harder to get abortion and healthcare for women, right? Easier to prosecute people um, and easier to arrest people. Like who who are who are we allowing? Why are we allowing that little group of people to make those decisions about us like that? It, it's bonkers. I mean, you're talking about structural change of, of the country. That it's, that it's, I don't think most people are aware of until it until they are presented with an opportunity that they need any of those things. That that's that yeah, that that's exactly it. That's it. And you know what? Like, like even we just take the abortion thing. And I recognize I'm a man talking about abortion. Like, I get that. You know what? Statistically, Republican women and, and Democratic women get abortions at the same rate. There's no difference. There's like there's no difference. And I mean, if you technically Republicans get them at a slightly higher rate, but it's it's basically even. Religious people get them at the same rate as everybody else. And so it just comes down to uh, religious people saying, "I can do something, but you shouldn't be able to do it." Oh. That that's all. That we're going to tell you what to do. And I, you know, look, look, you have your religion, follow your religion, do whatever you want. But as soon as you want me to follow your religion, you can fuck off and go to your religious hell. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I think you also said, or maybe I was reading someplace else that Border Patrol also has some legality stuff that was lifted. I, I, I don't know the extent of it. I was getting bits and pieces just from different news outlets about them having more rights to yeah. you know, keep people from leaving the country. Yeah, they yeah, the 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 um Republicans around the country are systematically going through and trying to get rid of all the amendments to the constitution. These are the people that they're called originalists or foundationalists, and they believe that two things. One, the constitution is divinely inspired, right? It comes straight from God, even though, let's be honest, it came from um men who were slaveholders. Let's yeah. just get that out of the way, right? And then two, that um that there should none of the amendments should matter. So now I think it's the 14th amendment, which is about search and seizure. They have they have now said, and the Supreme Court said it is okay that they the border patrol can go into your residence, go into any residence within a hundred miles of the border of any border in the United States on all sides. And they don't have to have a warrant. They can go in, they can search, they can do whatever they want. Like you have lost your rights if you live within 100, 100 miles of the border. And when you when you do the analysis of what does 100 miles of the border mean, um, it covers uh, something like 80% of uh, Latino people in America live within 100 miles of a border, right? And it covers, I think of the 50 states, it covers something like 30 states. Like you just, it, you're covered. So- your homeowner rights are, if you're within 100 miles of the border, you really just lost your homeowner rights. But it's like you're saying, Jen, that stuff just floats out there and people don't know until it happens to them. Oh my God. And you I think know. you have a right, that you think you have a right. And, you, and it's like, no, you do not have that right. It's gone. Yeah, you're sitting in your home and someone crashes in there and be like, wait, where's your warrant? We don't need it any longer because, you know, your Supreme Court that was implemented yeah. by Trump has now changed all. I mean, it is, that is a scare. That's a scare. I, I mean, listen, I, for some of you that watched Handmaid's Tale or heard about Handmaid's Tale, they were living their lives every day. And then things happened so quickly and they wondered how they got there. Listen, we are getting there. We are literally saying, I, 
if we could, right. the idea or the, I guess the, the, uh, the thought process behind it as a white male patriarchy system, that the idea is to not let people leave the country, especially white women who can have children, uh, right. making sure that they continue to have children. Because to your conversation that we had, you know, a couple of podcasts ago was the, um, what, what's the theory where. Uh, Replacement theory. Yes. Yes. That's what's, that's what's sparking all of this. Yes, it is. It is based on the fact that the demographics in America and they've been changing since forever, but that we are becoming increasingly non-white. We're becoming and, and we're not becoming black or Hispanic or Asian, but all combinations of that. Um, and I think by 2040, 45, somewhere in that range, that what we call white people will now be the majority people in, in the nation. And so. Um, and then as with any nation that advances sufficiently from a technological and health standpoint, the birth rate tends to go down. So white women's birth rates have been going down for 50 years, where, and, and whereas everyone else's, all the other demographic of women, their birth rates have been going up. And so the theory around replacement theory is that we are replacing white people, like that thing. And it, trust me, it's very religiously racist white nationalism supremes is bullshit but that's that's their point of view and so you have to eliminate abortion you make that illegal because then you can force white women to have more babies right and so you you slow the rate that um the demographic change where white people are no longer the majority so it's it's that and that is a that is uh that's not just American white supremacy and white nationalism. Um, that happens. That's that's also in some um, northern European countries as well. Because like America, many of those countries are wealthy, and as women as women um, become more educated, it is also shown that the more educated women are, the fewer babies they have. Right, and that's that's true globally, and so that's another reason. Um, um, Republicans start outlaw or not outlawing is not the right word, but um, make it hard to get, um, it, make school hard, make college hard, all those things are very difficult and make it hard, like you don't get leave from work and all this kind of stuff, or as much as you get in some other nations, I should say, not you, but women in general, because they want to force women to have more babies. That's that's all it is. So so you, your your body women's bodies just become um, a vessel to make babies, you know, to sustain something that just it, artificially. And it's, and, and you know, this is not even conspiracy. Like this is just batshit crazy actual actions to have happen. And so, and so to do, and it's been, like I said to you earlier today, it's been a 70, at least a 70 year long, um, long game to get the Supreme Court to the place where there would be a, such a large, um, um, a percentage of the justices be Republican that you could get things through without having Democrats block things. So, and they've got that. They got they got six justices, and so that's why there is conversations on, from the Democratic side of expanding the number of people who are on the Supreme Court because you have the branches of government. You have the you know the executive, which is you know you have the White House. You have um, the legislative, which is all the Congress and all that. And then you have the judicial, which is led by um, um, the Supreme Court. And those are supposed to be three equal bodies. Like that's that's how our country is set up. One is not 
more powerful than the other. That's why President Biden can't just say, or any president can't just say, okay, you know what? Gas is too high. I'm going to make it $2 because we don't have that kind of government. You can't do that. The president is not a king, right? That's that's what the United States got out of leaving those people in England, right? That was that whole idea. So the branches of the government are equal. They're equal. One is not supposed to be more powerful uh, than the other. So now they have this, this deal with the Supreme Court, but they have it tilted so that it is overwhelmingly Republican. You really want 5-4, right? You, either way, you want 5-4, but it's 6-3. And 6-3 means that those nine people who come from states that represent maybe 20% of the population who are put in place by people who are outnumbered, we end up with the system of government we have right now where we have the majority being governed by the minority. And I don't mean race, I mean numbers of political affiliation, and it's really bad. So I don't know where it heads, where it ends, but, or I don't even know where it goes in the next month because it's so out of whack right now. But I would just say, and we talked about this a lot, we've gone deep, we normally go shallow. I would just say the only way to stop and the only way to change things in America is you have to vote. Whether you like it or not, whether you win or not, and whether you don't think it works or not, it doesn't matter. You have to vote. That's the only thing, the only way that things get changed. Because I would say this, I'll end it with this. Even though Donald Trump and his people tried to overturn the 2020 election and they lost and they're being investigated and all this kind of stuff, there have been 26 states have implemented about 300 different laws and regulations to make voting harder heading into the next election. <sighs> and they haven't made it harder for you, Jen, white women. They made it harder for me. <sighs> they made it harder for Mexicans and for black people to vote. They eliminated um, Sunday voting or taking people uh, souls to the polls like people in the, in the Black Southeast were doing even the last election. They made it illegal to take, black people waiting in line 12 hours, it's illegal to take them water. They've closed polling stations. So like I can walk, I can walk to, to vote in three different directions, easy. Or we get our ballots in the mail. They've eliminated uh, mail-in battles. They've eliminated closed polling places. They, they made it illegal to put polling places on college campuses, all this stuff. But it's just to stop Democrats from voting. Unbelievable. That's it uh, is unbelievable. I, who's the? Uh, it's going to bother me because I, 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 I'm disrespecting her name. Oh my gosh! It, it, I just I'm, I'm having a Stacey Abrams. Isn't she running for governor? Didn't she just yes. announce that she's running for governor? She is, and she's a, a really dynamic lady who is also also an author. She writes interesting books. Um, but yeah, so Stacey Abrams is running for governor of Georgia. She almost won last time, um, and so it's 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 about a dead heat right now. Her and Governor uh, Kemp, and then in Texas, um, uh, Beto O'Rourke is running against Greg Abbott, and those see. Why it's important is that right now the Senate is tied 50-50, which means that basically the Democrats have an advantage because the vice president of any party is always also the president of the Senate. So you have a 50-50 vote. The vice president, who happens to be Kamala Harris right now, she's the tiebreaker, right? Wow. But that assumes you can get 50 Democrats to agree because you don't always get 50 Democrats. If yep. one or two says, I don't agree with that, well, then now you can't get what you want. And so a lot of the things that are bogged down in the Senate 
or passing laws and you know reducing student debt and all this kind of stuff is because you don't have a majority in the Senate. You can't get it done. You can't get it done. And so this this midterm election that's coming up, that's happening all over the country right now and heads into November, you have to be able to get another couple of seats in the Senate. You want to win a couple of key um, purple states, which means they're sort of both Democrat and Republican. So Georgia is a key one and Texas is one. So it's a really big fight because if you can get these things done and you get a couple of seats in the Senate, then President Biden can pass things that help people right now leading into um, 2024. But the Republicans' job, what they think their job is, gum up everything so he can't get anything done and then blame him so that they can win back the presidency in 2024. My God. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a part that just leaves you like speechless that we're at I this know. point. It, it, right? just, it just leaves you speechless and... Oh, uh, I you know. Exactly. So anyway, that's enough politics. I mean, we weren't really deep, but we said we were going to get into it. One of these things, so I think that was fine. Yeah, I you know I was thinking um, before we started recording. You know, right now some of the TV shows that are happening uh, are either on hiatus or they don't start like Umbrella Academy and The Shy. Uh, they don't start until and like and Stranger Things not till the beginning of July. So there's this like lull in between so of course i'm mm. watching my so you think you can dance which is really spectacular and always emotional um i i picked up a because i'm a huge melissa mccarthy fan there was a show on netflix so there is a show on netflix called god's favorite idiot and it stars oh. melissa mccarthy and her husband and he's given special powers or he's picked by god to do well on this earth and i am trying so hard to like it and love it because it is actually really funny. The the co-stars that are in it are extremely talented, super funny, but the premise sort of a little hokey. And I, I don't know if I can stay committed for the final two episodes, but uh -oh. I'm disappointed because there is some great writing. There's some great acting. And uh, I might finish it just to fill the void until my yeah. favorite shows start to come back. Is there any uh, special effects like that kind of deal? Well, not really. I mean, okay. he gets struck by lightning and then he glows when certain songs come on the radio. I mean, now that I say it out loud, it's kind of funny. But um, and Melissa McCarthy, you know, instead of driving a car, she drives a scooter. And, you know, she's it's just I mean, the people that she works with, it's an office. And this guy is really nice. And God selects him. And there's an angel that comes down and then a devil comes down. So. If, if you like that concept of that, it might be really good, but I am, I I'm, I'm staying committed because of how well it's done, like the acting is, but I'm, yeah. I, I'm not a, I'm going to recommend this because it's really good. Oh, okay. That's a good one. So I'm um, like you. So I'm watching the boys. I'm an episode behind. So Ooh. no spoilers there. And um, I started watching this show last season and i noticed that it has a second season and then so i went back to re-watch re -watch it um it's called dark desires okay it's a sexy thriller. Uh, i think it's like eight nine episodes i think the first episode is maybe an hour then after that they're like 30 35 minutes something about you saying sexy thriller just <laughs> made me uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> and it's in spanish <laughs> oh my god 
So you have to read it? Why well, you don't that? because you don't because they have it. They have it in English as well. But I, okay. I like I like the subtitles anyway. Gotcha. But um, yeah, you can have it in English as well. And the premise is, um, and I think I, I thought it was in Spain, but it's set in Mexico. But it, it's really well done. And so the premise is this lady. This lady is married. She's a teacher. She's married to a judge, and they're having. Um, they've been married twenty years or something, and they sort of have a boring relationship. And she thinks he might be cheating on her, and she goes out with her girlfriends, and she meets a young guy. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. I know this yeah. Goes. Okay. Uh huh. And uh, so, so that's a storyline, and then um, she, they have a daughter who's exploring her own sexuality with boys and girls. And then it all sort of comes to head with some of the, um, and, the, and also her husband's a judge. So you you follow some of his cases as well. So it's really well done. And uh, there's some good looking people on the show. That that's okay. probably that's probably sixty five percent of why I'm watching it. I was uh, gonna say that. <laughs> What's the catch? Is what I was gonna say. <laughs> Because the only subtitle show I watch is Narcos. So I am a big Narcos fan on, on Netflix. So that's the only one where I'll watch and I'll read at the same time. Like you can't be eating your dinner. You can't be looking at your yes. phone. You have to watch. That's the thing. That's the thing with the subtitles ones. Because it's like, because sometimes when I'm writing really my blog or magazine or something, I want to put something up. But you're right. You can't do that. You can't do something else. And you got to read it. So... Yeah, that that's different. So, okay, then the other thing I'm watching is, um, I think I mentioned this before, I'm halfway through Miss Marvel, which is on Disney Plus. Okay. It's a it's a great show. Uh, it's a teenage girl in New Jersey who she gets into the Marvel universe because she gets some superpowers, and she's just a teenage girl and she's Muslim, and so you get to follow her little adventures. And she's an adorable actor. I, I, I still can't think of her name, but that show is really good. Lee and I are really enjoying that. Uh, and Ellie and I are watching that as well. And then I'm going to finish. Um, yesterday was the final episode. I haven't seen it yet of um, Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it has been really good. So they went back to um, Obi-Wan. I know you're not a Star Wars geek. So Obi-Wan Kenobi is the Jedi who trained um Anakin who would become Darth Vader. And so got they, it. Okay, yeah, got so, it. Clicking. Yeah. So in the series they had a in the movies, you know, they had a big showdown and everything. So this is not a spoiler. And and when he was he hadn't turned into Darth Vader, but he was headed there and Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi beat his ass and left him for dead. But he survived and turned into Darth Vader. But Obi-Wan never knew that. And so now this series picks up like 10 years after that. And you follow, like, what was the conclusion of their story? So this is only six parts. And they used the, they used the, the, um, this, um, Ewan McGregor, like he's the, the real guy. So it's really good. It is really, really good. And you get to see Darth Vader at his like peak Darth Vader when he's totally brutal and powerful. So it's pretty good. Well, you know, I've never, I think I've watched one Star Wars, maybe two, but I never got into it. I, Miss Marvel, you say? Mrs. Marvel yeah. or Miss, okay. Yeah, yeah, Miss Marvel. She's Miss, because she likes the superhero Captain Marvel. That's her idol. So she's a teenager and she gets these powers. She's like, I'm just going to be Miss Marvel then. And that's, okay. yeah. <laughs> I like her style, just lazy, but getting shit done. Right? Just take it out. 
That's a goes in line with I'm so excited because Umbrella Academy, I think, starts yes, is back. Week. I can't wait. Oh wait, did my you watch, god, did you I watch cannot. both seasons? I can't, I've, I'm yeah, I've already watched season two. I mean, I've watched the seasons when they were done last year, yes. maybe 2020. I feel like maybe yeah, during it's been COVID. a while. Oh, I'm so excited. I am curious how, um, oh my gosh, it's going to bother me that I don't know his. Elliot. Yes. Yes. So how is that character coming to, for like, how do we know how that's. I I don't know. Okay. And so, and so, but I did see something late one night on Apple news that uh, I just saw the headline on accident that they, that they is integrated into the show. Okay. Yeah. So okay. The listeners, I love what that. that. Is, yeah. So listeners, what that is, um, Elliot, um, transit. Yeah. Elliot Pace transitioned. And I, I believe he's, um, Elliot. I, I believe, I believe he's Elliot. Um, and, but when the show started and I, I'm not going to, de- I'm not going to dead name him, but, um, it was prior to the transition. And so the headline said that it is incorporated uh, artfully the headline said into the show. So, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. That makes me super excited. Yeah. I, I, he's an amazing actor, so it's going to be great to watch it. I, I watched the trailer for the umbrella Academy and it got me so stoked. So yes. I'm all for When is that coming? July 3rd? Uh, I thought it was out, but um, I haven't checked Netflix in a couple of days. So yeah, sometime if it's not out right now, then yes, it comes out in the okay. next, within the next week. I, um, it, could, it could come out the same time that those, the next two episodes of Stranger Things, yes, which one so episode good. is an hour and forty minutes, and the other one's like two hours and something. So technically, two movies of Stranger Things. Wow, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be good. So, um, what are you doing this coming up weekend? It's gonna be nice and hot. Anything happen? I know we we need to end this, but what are you doing this weekend? This weekend, just some errands, and then I'm gonna go hang out at the parents' pool. The one benefit of them living here. And where they live, they have a nice in-ground pool. So my Sundays in the summertime are all about chilling with them at the pool. We have really great discussions. We laugh and then we play some cards at night. So nothing exciting, but we do have to talk about how it was your birthday on the 22nd and it was Father's Day. So did you do anything? Like, what did you do for your birthday? Did you get anything cool? Any cool gifts? I did. So, um, that was part of my trip to the Bay Area with uh, Lee and her friend, yes, her friend yesterday. So we piled around the city and the beach and Garrett Early Square, got some ice cream and stuff. And then we went to an A's game. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then we're as the second part of that is we're going to a Giants game on this coming Saturday. So that sort of ends my festivities from their perspective. And then um, uh, my partner, L.E.M. brought me some really cool shoes, uh, tennis shoes and some, um, comic books. And then, um, because I've, I've kept Leah here for like the past week or so, um, the gifts that she has from her at her mom's house. So I'll, I'll get those Saturday. And then, um, I got a, a couple of, I got a couple of really nice plants from, um, our friend Katya, some really nice plants. And now I, I now remember back to talking to her months ago and she was asking me if I had any plants. I'm like, there's a couple hanging around here. I don't even know if they're real, but I'm not a plant guy because they're just going to die because I don't got time to be feeding plants and there's some <laughs> all that monkey business. So of course she sends me these plants that say, you know, fill this thing with water, 
once a month and they're fine. Like they're the lowest maintenance plants you can get. So I got that. So I'm pretty happy about that. That's awesome. So San Francisco yeah. Giants game this weekend. That's amazing. So yeah, other than that, I think uh, rather low key, I'm going to San Diego for the first time ever at the end of July uh, with our gal pal and probably one of the best. She's the female version of you as far as being my bestie, um, Margaret. We're going to San Diego to celebrate one of her, to celebrate a big milestone birthday of hers. I don't know if I'll tell you the age, but it starts with a five and ends with an, with a zero. And um we're going to San Diego for a week. She got a house down there. So yeah. I'm really excited because I've never been there living in California for 26 years. I've never been to San Diego. So I'm excited for that what? upcoming trip. Yes, oh, I know. That is wow. San Diego is, that's a very, that's a very cool city. Yeah. So I'm excited I mean, to hang with her. And yes. Are you guys going to get to the beach? I think so. She's got some stuff planned. Her and I both enjoy working out. So she's got some places that she wants to go check out for workouts and, you know, we'll fly down there, go to Costco, get some food and the house is on mission. It's right on mission beach. So yeah, I'm excited for it. And, and to be able to celebrate her, she's been, you know, Margaret worked, you hired her at Verizon wireless back in, I feel like it was 2006, maybe 2004, maybe 2008. And we connected immediately because at the time she didn't have kids and she had two Jack Russell Terriers and I had two Jack Russell Terriers and um, we hit it off just based on that. And she's that, funny. That's very cool. That's yeah. That's, that sounds like a lot of, I love San Diego. I haven't been there in probably, I don't know, five, 10 years, but yeah, that's, that sounds like a great trip. Yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah. It should be fun. So um, we're going to take one week off. Yes. Right for for July holiday, we'll take a week off. We uh, may replay one of our episodes or something like that, but we'll take a week off and let everybody recoup and enjoy your summers and stuff. We'll come back hot and heavy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, sweet desires or whatever that is. <laughs> Dark desires. Dark desires. We'll come back hot okay. and heavy. Okay, thermostat at sixty nine. Like okay, <laughs> I can't talk to you. I'm too cold right now. <laughs> <laughs> um jim where can people find you online you can find me at jen van landen veg on instagram so that's where i spend most of my time and post most of um, our podcast related information and then just uh, uh, my grief journey you know with mojito and how i'm dealing with that and processing through that along with sometimes some vegan stories and sometimes just my workout so pretty low-key what about you I love that. So uh, Myron J. Clifton on Twitter, I do a lot of tweeting. I have a nice follower base and we get into a lot of really good topics and discussions. And I can tell you that my 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 community on Twitter, uh, I cultivate a very nice community. So there's no fighting and arguing this kind of stuff. You know, it's pretty cool. And then uh, Instagram and Facebook, probably same handle, you know, just my name. Uh, check me out on my uh, Amazon page. Um, again, Myron Clifton, to see all my books and stuff. If you see me there, you can see my digital magazine. Subscribe to that. It's free. comes out every month. You'll love it. And I blog at DearDean.com and on Medium. So I'm sort of a little bit all over the place. Listen to us. Share our podcast with your friends. Rate us and leave a comment. Drop a hello. Um, and if you see us online, tell us you like us or give us some feedback. But don't say anything nice because we'll block you. Yeah, block. And you know what? If you have anything, if you reach out to us on any of our social media platforms and you want us to address a topic or talk about something, feel free to put it out there because we will talk about anything because we have an opinion on everything. 
That's right. And we're we're often right. So yeah. Um okay, Jay, I will talk to you later. Yeah, see you in a couple of weeks. And I'll check you out in voice memos uh in real life. Awesome. Peace out. Stay shallow. There's Bye. A finger. <laughs>